Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today you're going to be listening to myself, Mark Hirons and James Victoria as we talk about his new book, Feck Perfection, Dangerous Ideas on the Business of Life. This is a really easy read book. I've read it all in one day and it's coming out on the 5th of March. During the show we talk through a couple of my favourite chapters and bits of text and quotes from the book. I'll learn more about James's mindset and how you can relate that to your own life and improve it. This show is supported by Design Cuts. There's an affiliate link down in the description below. Uh, please go and head over there if you want to support the show or you can find us on Patreon. Alternatively, take a screenshot of it, share it on social media, share it on Instagram stories, tag us at Creative Waffle and that'd be great. Thank you very much. Let's get the show. Fantastic. All right, well, we're on the podcast. Welcome. Uh, this is the Creative Waffle podcast. It's basically where I chat to designers and creatives and all that. And, and it's the hoodie. It's the hoodie podcast today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're bringing out a new book. Uh, or is it out already? When's it, when's it going to be available? No, it comes out uh, March 5, I think. March 5th. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, it's called Fact Perfection. That's hard to say. It is. It's, you know what? It's the worst title in the world. It's hard to say and it's hard to, uh, it's hard to write. Every time I type it, I type it wrong. <laughs> but I broke it up on the cover. I broke it up almost like ph- phonetically. So it says feck per fuck shun. So it's made it a little bit easier to read. I see. Yeah. Um, it's a really easy book to read. Like it's, it's the way it's structured. It's broken down uh, into single pages of advice and lessons that you've learned throughout your life. And um, yeah, I, f- I found it. It's, it's a really good read. Like, I read it all today. <laughs> like in one, yeah. Yeah. One, no, uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not meant to be, uh, you know, uh, 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 a uh, 10 hour airport book <laughs> people who don't know you can you start off with who you are and what, what you're all about uh yeah this is the worst question in the world um you know uh so yeah so my name is james victoria i um was traditionally a graphic designer like for the first you know 15 years of my life i was a you know commercial designer um and i kind of uh, call now i call myself a recovering designer i've kind of gotten a little bit bored of that business uh, because I've realized that over the years that what I'm capable of creatively is is this mm. and what clients want from me is this and uh, I, I'm tired of being on the losing end of that uh, of that compromise so um, I've also taught graphic design at university f- forever uh, at the School of Visual Arts in New York and this book is made up of all the lessons that I taught. When I was teaching graphic design, I didn't, I didn't even know that I was not teaching graphic design. I was not teaching uh, the rules. Um, my students would come to me and they say, you know, you say the opposite of all of our other teachers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, and you fall somewhere between, between them, you know, and me. So, uh, so um, now I see myself as, as a, a designer and an artist. And, um, and with this book, um, uh, probably pretty firmly established myself as a teacher. You know, over the years, I've always done these uh, aptitude tests. You know, there's like, uh, like you fill out all these questions and it tells you what you're, you know, what you're, what you're, uh, what you're, uh, you're supposed to be professionally, what you're suited for. And every time I do it, it's like rolling the dice. And I'm like, come on, race car driver. Come on, <laughs> fighter pilot. And it always came up teacher. And I was like, Damn. And it bummed me out because I couldn't wrap my head around teaching besides standing in front of a room of 19 year old shitheads and getting underpaid. Yeah. Until I realized, oh, I'm the teacher that I need. I'm the teacher that I need. I'm the teacher who who um, sets a high bar. I'm the teacher who who who. Um, 
lights a fire under your ass. Um, and, and I'm the teacher who challenges you. The, 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 the subtitle of the of Feck Perfection is Dangerous Ideas on the Business of Life. And the reason why they're dangerous ideas is because they're a threat to your ego. They challenge your state of status quo. They challenge, you know, what you do for a living, who you work for, and what you make. Yeah, and that's, the, and that's the purpose. Yeah, they do indeed. I mean, yeah, so it's going through it. I was thinking about things that resonate with me, and I'd like to talk about a few of the chapters if that's possible. You uh, betcha. Yeah. Uh, so the first one, you open up the the book with uh, talking about your parents and how they're wrong, um, and, that, and that's just initially just hit me because uh, I was thinking about how how parents have sort of pushed people down the wrong roads and, and told people have, they have to do this for a living, they have to do that for a living, and then you have to follow your dad or you follow your mum or whoever you are. Yeah. And um, yeah, this chapter just breaks that down and says, you know, don't, don't listen to them. Can you talk a bit more about it? The, you know, <clears throat> parents, are, parents are, are amateurs. Um, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't need a degree or anything to be a parent. But the thing is, that it's not that they're, it's not, you know, I, 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 I tell a lot of small lies to illustrate larger truths. And the thing about parents is they want you safe. Right. They want you comfortable. They want you to make a living. Um, and what they do is they set out these very rudimentary basic templates for you to follow. You know, I've got a friend, I have a, I have a dear friend who is a, an excellent, excellent teacher. Um, he has, a, he has a, a, a brother who's a year older than him. When he was a kid, his name is Mark. When, when Mark was a kid, um, he wanted to be an artist. And he would, he would make drawings and he'd show them to his father. And his, his dad said, his, his dad said um, that's trash. You're not the artist. Your brother is. You're the sporty one. Yeah, yeah. So he grew up playing rugby for the rest of his, you know, high school career and whatnot. You know, so parents just want to, you to fit. You know, they want to, they want to help you, but in doing so, they're, they're, they're shading you, they're securing you from, um, uh, uh, for most people, from pursuing any level of creativity. You know, yeah. creativity is scary for parents. You tell your parents you want to be a poet, they're like, <gasps> no one makes money you know, as a poet. Fuck no, they don't. Yeah, they, you can make money doing anything if you're just smart about it. Don't tell me I can't make money doing anything. I can make money. Give me something. Playing video games. <laughs> Cookies. Playing video <laughs> games. Oh, my God. Challenge yeah. me. You can make so much money playing video games. You can do <laughs> I just want to explain to my grandparents about it and, and how they get money on YouTube. And they just don't. Like, it's a completely different world. They just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, parents are well-meaning and they, uh, you know, well-intentioned. And I have two young kids and it's going to be interesting for me to, uh, you know, lay, lay down a creative path for them and help them along the way you know it's not my job it's not my job to to um it's my job to help them find what they love hmm. and if they love music i'll help them there if they love math i'll help them there you know i have an older boy too who wanted geology and i worked really hard to help him find geology and go to boston university and he got uh, through the first uh, through the first semester, and he said, "Dad, I think I'm officially a college dropout." I said, "Well, tell me about it." And he said, "Well, um, he went to Boston University, and he said, well, Boston sucks.'" And I'm like, "I told you, Boston sucks." And <laughs> then he said, "I said, well, what about geology?" He said, "Well, he says I'll put it this way: um, there's only one answer," which meant in a raked auditorium of 100 students. It's a math-based science. Everybody has to come up with the same answer because it's 
or else you're wrong. And for an innately creative person, that's completely unsatisfying. Right. Yeah. You know, the reason he got into Boston University is because he was a uh, he was an intern at the Museum of Natural History in New York when he was in high school. And what they liked about him is that he took um, um, he took all the uh, science apart to see what would happen, you know, and move things around in computer coding to see what would ha he was very creative. So now he's got to figure that out and get and get paid for that creativity. That's awesome that you're doing, approaching it that way as a parent. I think it's, yeah, I think. It's, oh yeah, well, wish me luck. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me in uh, 18 years. <laughs> uh, this is a cool quote you put at the end of it by Oscar Wilde. Um, most people are, are, I can't read it out loud, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> this is a bit, throughout the book I was thinking about the stuff I'm not really good at and I was trying to think about how to improve. And this is there's, nothing you're, there's nothing you're not good at. So but, stop saying that. <laughs> um, most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions. Their lives are mercury. Their passions are a quotation. So yeah, so I, yeah I, really, I really think that's, that's a powerful quote. I like it a lot. I like that you could do that. It is, it is, and it's and it's and it's hilarious that I'm quoting him in the in that context, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm relying on him instead of using my own words, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh the next, next one I really like is um the the only test page. What was it? Let's scroll too quickly. This is only a test. The, the thing about my dad? Yeah, because yeah, because it's like we find out a bit more about yourself, and it's yeah, it's, it's a bit more personal, and it's yeah, it's crazy. There's a bunch of there are a bunch of points in this book where I'm like, you're gonna say that, you're gonna tell, you're gonna tell that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? About what happened? Well, who that who that is, and, and what oh, happened? the uh, this is only a test. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just you know I like I've always told I've always taught in parables and I've always taught in in telling stories. I just think it makes it more memorable. And and uh, so my father is a uh, he was a lifelong military and uh, basically the, the strongest guy I ever knew. Um, uh, he uh, died maybe three months ago. So it's, you know, uh, the story has changed, but, um, and, and about 15 years ago, he got, um, uh, uh, Parkinson's right. or 20 years ago, he got Parkinson's and he started this kind of slow, you know, decline where he was in, uh, you know, where you had to help him do everything. And then he just was in a chair and then he was, um, in a home, you know, in a wheelchair all the time. And, um, and through that whole process, he never complained. Never. I talked to my mom. My mom was here recently and I said, you know, dad, dad never whined. He never complained. He, she said, she said once, once he said, why is this happening to me? I would, you wouldn't want to be around me if I was in that situation. I would complain. I would rail. I would be angry. I'd be bitter. Right. I think we all go through these things. Um, never complained once. And it makes me, I have to remind myself of that all the time. Even like, if, you know, you stub your toe or something doesn't go right or the bank closed early and you're like, well, you know, um, I have to remind myself that all of these things are, are, are just a test and you can't fail. It's a test. It's a judge of your character. It's a judge of your composure. And, you know, we talk about children. It's a judge of, you know, how good a parent you're going to be or how good an example for your kids and for other people you're going to be it's all everything is just a test and it, and and if 
you let those outside circumstances and situations direct who you are and direct how you react to the world, then you are a victim. You're a victim your whole life. My father, my father was never a victim. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing that, that he never complained. And um, similar to my grandparents, they're similar, similar sort of elk where they don't, don't complain about anything and fed operations and stuff. Where they're in pain constantly and, and yeah, they're just rock solid and keep going. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see, first of all, but there's also there's something about it. I'm not sure how, how scientifically tr- proven it's been, but if, if you've got some sort of disease and, and you're mentally fighting it and mentally not complaining about it and getting on with your life, there's something that I've heard on a part of a podcast where it not reverses it, but it definitely slows it down and actually has an impact. On yeah. There, you know, it's funny because I have, I'm, I'm, um, I live in, I call it cruising pain now because of, because of my accident and my, my broken bones. Um, um, it's, it's a constant pain, but what I need to understand is that if I avoid it, I lose. Meaning I go to, I go to a rehab twice a week and they help me, they help me stretch and they help me do exercises, they teach me exercise, they teach me these things so I can get my body back to 100%. And when I'm there, I hear and listen to, there's other patients and the, 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 their, their, their instructor or their therapist says, okay, can you do this? And then they go, uh, no. And I'm like, well, now you can't because you fucking said it. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, you just screwed yourself. You just screwed yourself. And the more you avoid pain, and I'm, I teach this now is, is pain avoidance is when you, I'm not going to avoid my pain. I'm going to face it and I'm going to do all my exercise and I'm going to do my things and I'm not going to complain about it. Um, and I'm asking people, this is physical pain I'm dealing with. You were in pain too. You were afraid to ask your boss for more money. You are in a relationship that you're uncomfortable with and you're uncomfortable to have that conversation. And if you can't do those things, your life is going to get smaller. Your life is going to get smaller. You are just as if I don't face my pain and I don't do the work that I need to do. My shoulder will never, I will never be able to, to go higher than this. Right. Um, but so my life will get smaller and smaller and smaller and more uncomfortable. And the average person is, again, they're dealing with pain and if they don't face it, they're going to get, their lives are going to get smaller and smaller. And every time they get a new job, they're going to go, well, no, this isn't what, this isn't what I want. <laughs> And also, it's like sticking up, to, facing up to it, and, and reacting, like getting yourself into a better situation from, from if you're in a bad situation in the job, like that. Consciousness, yep, yeah, it's just consciousness. Yeah. And con- and consciousness is is difficult. Yeah. At the, and the end of the uh, the page, you say life is a test of your conviction and vision. Do you choose whether to play the victim or the hero? And that's again just something that's everyone should know and uh, stick in their heads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny because in another, I think in another chapter, I mentioned being a, a, a university instructor at nine o'clock on a Monday morning, my students would come in and it's a terrible time for 18, 21 year olds to be up and going to school. And inevitably one would come in and they'd be just rah, 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 grumbling and I'd find out what it was and it was like somebody bumped them on the train, somebody nudged them or something. And I'm like, okay, interesting. You now have a choice. You have a choice of how to deal with that situation. You have chosen to let it piss on your entire day. You go and sit and think about a few other possible choices that you could take. 
instead of being a victim, you're like, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> don't the, piss, don't, don't piss in the water for the rest of us now. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's the second arrow chapter. Second um, arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's How you deal with it. Yeah. The page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I instantly after reading that page, I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Cause I was after playing football the other day, I had a terrible game and I, I continued to take that misery throughout the whole of my weekend and it just ruined the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You carry it with you forever. It's hard to, to maybe give advice on this, but how do you switch that mentality? I know because you, you have a choice, but even still, if you want to get over it still, it's hard. Again, again, everything is consciousness. That, that, that football thing, the, the student you know, getting bumped on the train is just your daily thing. And you're in your, when you're daily walking, your daily movements, you're not in a, let's say, um, you're not in a retrospective, introspective, meditative state, right? Mm. Um, so what you need to do is to learn to like get conscious when you, you know, as soon as you can get out of your daily, daily habits, because yeah. it's all it is. It's a habit. Um, and back out of that and just take a deep breath and go, it was a game. Yeah. It's done. It's done. I can't go backwards. You know, like with me, you know, this, this, this accident was a dirt bike accident. It was a motocross accident. Um, I could easily go back and go, man, fuck, why did I, that was so stupid. I, I just di didn't, did, didn't do this. And I did like, and I could, I could beat myself up forever. Yeah. But it will not help anything. It will just make me angry and miserable. And I don't want to be like that. There's, there's a lot up here in my head that like it goes around and you talk to yourself quite a bit and just switching that off that voice. Sometimes it, I don't know how to do it. I just kind of, you just step back and take a deep breath and go, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, and just recognize whenever you're kind of getting, whenever you're getting in that thing, that's the sign. That's the sign that you need to back up and go, you know, it's like you're in the bank line or the deli or something. And all of a sudden there's a situation and then you go, ah, oh, fuck. But you need to back up and go, first of all, that's not me. It's got nothing to do with me. And I'm sorry that those people are upset and I'm just going to take a breath, you know, wait it out or I'll just go do something else and I'll come back. Like just that's the hard thing is as soon as you start feeling that thing is like, that's the sign to go. It's, it's pain. Pain comes up. Mm. That's what, that's the purpose of pain. Pain goes, there's something wrong. Hey, check it out. You got a nail in your foot or something. Right. Same thing. Same thing is like you start going, you start, you know, well, I've said it three times, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's a very stoic mindset. I think uh, after reading some other books and that it comes across into that stoic path, which is quite cool. Uh, the next chapter I want to talk about is the chapter, page number 22, uh, struggle is everything. Um, I've heard other people talk about it and, and talk about the process is the thing like people like Gary Vaynerchuk and um, just not folks fixating on the goal, but worrying about the process and getting and enjoying that part mm -hmm. more enjoyable. Can you talk a bit more about that? Well, the, the, if you don't enjoy the process, like say at university, if I had students, uh, I would generally every, every semester, I would give them a, a, a difficult assignment and send them away and they'd come back in a week and they got used to just putting their work up on the wall. Hmm. And then I would go into a lesson and talk. And then at the end of the class, um, I'd, I'd put up a new assignment and say, okay, thanks. Bye-bye. And they'd go, but what about our work? And I said, oh, no, no, I'm not going to talk about that. And they'd say, but we work, 
we worked hard on that. Yeah. I, mean, I said, good. That's what you're supposed to do. Ask yourself, did you do it to make me happy? Did you do it for a reward? Did you do it because you, you know, because you want you, you want James Victoria to pat you on the back? Because those are the wrong reasons. You do it because you enjoyed it. You do it, do it because it was a challenge. You do it because you're testing yourself and you might, you might need these skills down the road. But don't do work for the reward because then you, all you're going to do is chase the reward and the reward will never be enough. I've, I know fucking millionaires who are not happy because all they're doing is watching their bread, right? It's bullshit. You know, the reward will never be enough. The girl will never be enough. Because you're looking outside of yourself for everything. You have to just, the process is all you've got. That's all you've got. You cannot, you know, because what we do is we'll, we'll, we'll set our sights on a reward. And when it, do, when it doesn't come, then we're ruined. That's, that's a bad, that's a horrible practice. It's a bad way to kind of go through life because you're just going to be let down all the time. You know, you do it because you enjoy it. Or if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. You know, I like that's, that's whenever I say that, I hear my father in my head. My father would hate me, you know, something, saying something like, you know, um, uh, you know, if, it's, if a job isn't worth doing, then, you know, if, if it isn't enjoyable, then don't do it. You know, and he was, he'd be just like, no, you, you, you know, work, 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 work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> is that something you teach your kids, students as well? Uh, like, uh, uh, yeah, so. but it's for, for for students, it's really hard for them to understand because you know they just want money, right? But how am I going to pay my rent? Yeah. You know, here's a funny thing. It's a here's a different it's a different here's a different subject, but it's the same thing. Um, you know, students would um, when even when even when even even when adults come to here to Texas to to the ranch to work with me, um, I, I tell them, listen, I'm going to do you a disservice. And for students, it made more sense because I said, listen, I am gonna, I am gonna um, train you, help you to look inside and find out, find that creativity. Um, when you leave school, you're going to be in debt or your parents are going to be in debt. And school and all those other teachers want to be responsible and help you take care of that debt. I don't care about your debt. Right. That's first of all, it's your business. Second of all, what most students do when they leave university is taking care of their debt is their primary goal. And the way they do it is through slavery. <laughs> the way they do it is they take horrible jobs, soul sucking jobs. And then that, that horrible job becomes a habit and that they, then they wake up at 35 and 40 and then they come to me. <laughs> Why am I not happy? <laughs> so I tell students, listen, take debt, de your debt somehow magically gets paid. It always does. Take two years, three years, and put that creativity to work. Test your creativity. Make it pay. That's why you went to school for it. Make it pay. Hmm. Don't just sell it to the to the to the to the highest bidder to so, so you can do a a high level of mediocre work. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. It is, yeah. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> one against the against the a, uh, a dangerous idea, I might yeah. say. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one against the normal constructs of of, of general general being and, and life. Yeah, that 
yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, how many people follow up, follow up on that from your classes? Uh, a couple of them, the good ones, the ones who are doing interesting things, the ones who have, who have happy lives. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because most of the time from, from university teaching, which I don't do anymore, um, you know, the, the, the sharp ones would get out of class and they'd, or, you know, finish up and they'd come see me and they say, dude, I just got this job with this internet startup and they're paying me. And, you know, and I said, okay, that's awesome. Good for you. But you're going to come see me in a year. And a year later, they'd come back and they're like, I hate my job but I bought an apartment, so I'm stuck. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Money makes you do crazy things. What's your, what's your advice to people that you, are in that situation? Make choices based on creativity. Do not make choices based on money. The money, making choices based on money leads down a narrow fucking path. Yeah. Make choices on, uh, uh, on for, for, for beauty and for, sexy and for memorable and for creative creativity is always the answer money is never the answer it's true yeah. i like money dude i like money i like being able to go out <laughs> and, you know buy people lunch and play and but i do not work for money why don't you think they teach that at school oh it's just too hard they've sure. got so many other they've got so many other things to they have their school has so many other things to help students with that you know, and I realized early on, you know, uh, I have a 21-year-old, 22-year-old uh, now, and um, I realized when I was teaching heavy at SVA when he was born, and I realized the similarity between teaching and parenting and psychology was, was, was one, much more interesting for me, and two, pretty, pretty intense. Um, there's so many other things that school has to do that, uh, that they can't. They can't give you this super high road thing. Um, and most students, you know, um, for example, I always had a class on money and I gave them a sheet, a printed out sheet. And so I said, this is everything I know about money. Right. And I said, listen, we went through them. And so they understood there's like 11 points. I think the last one is never work for assholes. Right. Um, so we went through them, these 11 points. And I said, listen, if you follow this, by the time you're my age, which is, you know, 40s, I said, you'll be a millionaire. You will have Boku dinero in the bank. I will also tell all 25 of you that none of you will be a millionaire. None of you will have Boku dinero in the bank because you won't follow this. Right. Because I've, I can give you, I can give you the path but I don't expect you to take it. I can tell you what to do, but it's not my job. It's you're going to do your thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's like the, you know, the, the, the story of the, 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 the millionaire bus driver, a guy quits driving a bus for you know, his whole life and he goes to the bank and he's got a freaking million dollars and nobody knew it because he followed those simple rules. Right. He may have, he may have made bad choices and lived a miserable life too, and was, may, may have never been kind to himself financially. He may have been so shrewd that he, you know, had cat food on crackers, but it's possible. Right. So, <laughs> so what, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit lost, I lost me a bit, sorry. With the, well, um, yeah, with the, the money thing and, and why, why, aren't they, why wouldn't they follow it? And because they're trying to go down their own paths. 
Yeah, because they are trying to go down their own path because there are uh, extenuating circumstances because they because the the simple things to do are are um, are easily forgotten. It's just it, they have to instill it as a habit or it won't work. Right. What was one of the was some of the, something on the list that? You oh, were... it's simple stuff. It's like you know, uh, uh, from every paycheck that you get, put ten percent aside. Don't touch it ever, 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 ever. You know, and it's like you get a paycheck for three hundred dollars, and you think, oh, what's thirty dollars? I'm not going to put thirty dollars aside. That's nothing, right? So you spend it. Um, you know, uh, spend less than you make. Uh, you know, keep your overhead low. Mm. You know, do not have a television or any of those any of those monthly bullshit bills because they're just distraction. So what do you think about Netflix? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not 19. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's funny because I didn't make this. I didn't write this book. I didn't write Fact Perfection for, for, for students or for youth. Uh, but I've realized that the, the, the corollaries for parenting and the corollaries for college kids and the corollaries for um, um, teaching a, a, a younger generation are, are really strong in it. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a, um, sort of like a, what's the word? What's the word? a revolution against the, what they're going for at the moment. They're all following that, that path, going to yes. university and, or college and then getting a job and then eventually retiring when they're old and can't do anything and correct it's, it's it's hilarious and they're and they're um you know addicted to their phones mm, that's another chapter you're talking about yeah yeah distraction yeah that's it's it's dreadful so that keeps people away from from making money as well especially in being creative and well it, it keeps them away from this it keeps them away from consciousness it keeps them away from you know you know what do i think right what, what do your kids think of that you know, it's weird. I got two little ones who are going to have a completely different, they're growing up in a completely different environment where everybody has phones. You know, you see, you know, I mean, I will never be sitting in a restaurant with my young kids and, you know, my young kids will be sitting at the table eating yeah. or talking, not, not distracted on their phones. Because what parents do now is they give their kids their phones as a babysitter. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I just feel like standing up and saying, hey, parenting is really fucking hard. But you're not, but fucking pay attention. <laughs> fucking pay attention because you're not parenting right now. You know, it's weird. It's weird. Yes. I know they want, I understand that they want to have dinner. They want to go to dinner. They want to have a conversation and they want to get a fucking babysitter. I don't know. <laughs> Do something, but don't, but don't teach your kids. That makes kids not, their kids are not able to handle boredom. And that leads to being addicted to distraction. Boredom is, boredom is a great teacher. Solitude is a great teacher. And if you can't handle boredom, you are, you're screwed, blued, and tattooed. That's <laughs> like that. Uh, there's a, also creativity like is born out of boredom as well. If you're bored, you have to do something. Yes. yes. I had a, uh, there's a woman, um, her name is Lee Edelcourt. She's a, a genius and she's a, she's a, 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 a fashion forecaster. And, um, uh, I was in one of her classes once and, and she was, she was talking to her, her younger students and uh, she's an older woman. And she, she, um, uh, they said, they were talking about their generation. They were talking about life. They were talking about stuff. And they were saying, you know, it's so boring. 
And Lee looked at them and she said, I know you are so boring. <laughs> and that's the truth. That's the truth. Life is life. Life is just, life isn't boring. Life isn't exciting. It's you that makes it thus. So, you know, as a graphic designer, I'm given, you know, not as much anymore, but I was given all these different tasks, all these different jobs, all these different things. Not one of them was innately interesting. It was up to me to make it interesting. Yeah, that's true. It's just work. You know, and my clients are like, yeah, they didn't even care if I made it interesting. They just wanted me to, you know, to make it pretty. So, yeah. but yeah, if you can't handle boredom, you're, you're, um, you're going to be a leaf in the wind. Every time the wind changes, you're going to go. Right. Go right. With it. Yeah. yeah. So, and you're not in charge. Other people are in charge of you. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Because then you, you're expecting them to follow yeah, you to follow them, and they're the people that are going to make it exciting. The people, yeah. You know, or or as a designer, as a you know, as a creative person, you're just you're just following trends. Yeah, yeah. You're not leading. You're 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 not expressing an opinion. You're just following trends. Yeah, that's dangerous as well. Especially if you're giving a trended thing to a client as well, it's it's going to be outdated very soon. So it's. Yeah. Well, the th yeah, the thing is, you know, if you don't practice, if you don't look inside and and um, learn your voice and learn your opinion and put it in your work, you are basically committing the biggest sin as a creative person, which means that you will never learn what you're capable of. Right. You will never learn the power of your voice. You will never learn the, the, the true extent of you putting yourself out into the world, what effect that has on, on the world. You are, you'll just be, you know, following. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of times that say you get yourself in, into your work and it's important, yeah, making your impact on the world. I think that's, I always ask at the end of the podcast, what, how do you want to be remembered? And it's really interesting uh, points that people make. And, just making a, a creating something that has you in it and people remember you that thing that's remembering mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, so the next one is ambition. I want to talk about it. Uh, page number 28, have a plan. Um, it's more like have an ambition and then that will, that will, I wrote down next to it, have an ambition and that will uh, guide your decisions. Is that correct? Is that what you were thinking when you were writing that? Oh, is this have a plan? Yeah. 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 You know, it, <clears throat> And you know the next chapter, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I really, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So have have a plan. Have a plan. Like uh, again, when in a in a in a when I have people here with me and I'm trying to um, help them get somewhere, help them realize their creativity, or um, remember. It was my, not my job to tell anybody anything. I can't tell you anything, but I can remind you, right? right? And oftentimes, uh, um, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, 40 or, or 19. Um, when I ask them uh, where they want to be in 10 years, in 15 years, they give me kind of a very generic answer. You know, oh, I'd like to have a job. I'd like to, I'm like, you know, and I, I'm just, I ask them to be more specific. 
I want them to be more specific. Um, because one is the more specific you can be, the higher the probability that you will get those things. And if you're not specific, what will happen is that um, you will get basically what everybody else has. You know, so it's just good to, you don't have to, you don't, you know, you don't have to write it down every, every January 1st and go back and correct it. You don't have to keep it pinned up on the wall. You just have to have it in here. And these are just like, these are just the, um, um, the goals of your life, things that, things that you aspire to, you know, because um, if you really truly want to be creative and you think about that all the time, that will affect your decision-making. And that's, that would, that will lead to a, a better and a higher chance of having creativity in your life. Mm. But if you don't think about that and all you think about is, you know, a job, I would like to have a job. Well, that, that's all you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, having a plan is great, uh, you know, but, <laughs> you know, don't fall in love with it. Plans change, you know, shit happens. So, you know, I have, I have a plan now that, you know, I have a life plan now that takes me to, you know, you know, 75. Because I know what I want to be. I know who I want to be. I know what I want to look like. And the reason I know what I want to look like is because I have a beautiful sexy wife and I've got strong young kids and I want to be with them. I want to be skiing with them and I want to teach them motocross and teach them skills. And, you know, I don't want to be in a, in a wheelchair. I don't want to be, you know, 250 pounds and struggling to get in and out of a car, you know? So I have to, I have to think about that. So yeah. So it's your daily actions that are going to impact that as well. As well. Like, mm -hmm. you don't want to be in a wheelchair. You're not going to eat like the shit things. You know, you're not going to, you're going to be thinking about what you're doing to get to that goal. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. So my my sort of ambition and goal is to build up a collective of creatives, uh, and then so not a design studio, but a collective of freelancers that come under the same one, the one roof, mm -hmm. um, under one name. And that's that's what I've been constantly thinking about. And, and also alongside the podcast, I've been thinking about growing that. And it, it does, yeah, it's impacting my daily actions are impacting what I do, like spending less time watching TV, like we talked about earlier on spending mm -hmm. less time playing video games and xbox and and cool being yeah. interactive and so well a bit on social you, know, it, 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 you can have what you want you just have to understand that you you know you have to do the work yeah that's all that's all it is just you have to do the work and you have to accept that and it's not sad work because it's for you yeah you know, I'd rather, I'd rather work, you know, a hundred hours a week for myself than 20 hours a week for anybody else. <laughs> well, there's a lot of younger people that listen to this podcast and, and they hear that and they say, that's fantastic. But what about, what about my parents? And so I'm living at home. What about my parents? And how can I tell them that? Uh, you know, if your parents love you, they should listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> You yeah. know, and unfortunately, what most parents, you know, the, unfortunately, the most parents, their response is, get out, you know, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, love me, support me, give me a chance. You know, listen to me. Trust me. Fucking trust me. You raised me. I've been under this roof. I'm not a doofus. Trust me. That's what you want. Yeah. Powerful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it exactly like that, but that's basically the gist of it. You might want to soften it a little bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, kill the critic is, is. I'm a funny fucking guy, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> you're a bit wacky. It's it's great. I mean, we need people like this. We need people that are out there and put themselves around. People don't give a shit. Yeah, yes. like like you, you talked about um, uh, dancing uh, and not worrying about what people think and just being being yourself and just letting it free. They go and being free at weddings, yeah, yeah. especially, but. Yeah, my 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 wife teaches women how to be comfortable in their bodies. So right. dancing is part of it, and it's so it's so funny. Well, I was it was funny because I was in a podcast the other day and I was talk, talking about like uh, when I was a kid and I used to um, um, teach people how to ski, and I and I said there that the people were so afraid of falling, yeah, that they their 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 entire body. Um, was no longer theirs, and they were like they were like a um, a sheet of plywood on skis. They were so tight and so because they were so afraid of falling. I'm like, ah, it's snow. Yeah. If you're not falling, you're not skiing. Come on, you know. And if you're not and if you're not if you're not moving and looking silly, then you're not dancing. Most people are just like, mm, 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 don't look at me. You know, it's crazy. What do you think that is? Just and, the, and it's not fun. Yeah. Exactly. Fear, yeah. fear, 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 fear. Ego. Our well, ego wants to keep us safe. You know? You don't look silly in front of friends, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Don't want to look silly. Yeah. But if you are willing to look silly and willing to enjoy yourself and willing to risk, you know, falling um, and failing, dude, that's how you attract other people that's how you meet girlfriends and boyfriends that's how you create a business that's how you create an audience mm. because people look at you and go dude you're weird <laughs> but i'm weird too and i thought i was the only one yeah. where do we go from here like that's a relationship yeah, you become a leader almost. Like. Yeah, of course, you become a leader. You know, not just some guy who, you know, you know, excuse me, not some guy who plays football because everybody else plays football. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, because that's what, uh, that's what people do. Uh, so, you know, I was just, why do you do that? Well, you know, that's what people do. <laughs> yeah, that's what boring people do, sure. But. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely started off as that, but then I realized I had a couple of, had a couple of years out, and then you realize actually this is something that I really want to do again. Groovy, um, yeah, groovy, be, yeah. It's I do said, it I love for that. love, do it for love, or don't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I had um, a job last year working at a lanyard company, and uh, making making lanyards, design, like putting the design layouts and that. Wow. Well, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, after a while, we had a little. It got, it got heated after a week, and it was a Friday, and it got a little bit heated. And over my shoulder, the boss was telling me to do this, this, that way. And uh, eventually, I said, "I've had enough. I, I, I don't really, I don't really like it." And and the next day, I, I left. So it was like you don't want to be in that situation anymore. Like like you keep saying, like make make your own way, make your own path, and you'd be a lot happier, which I have done, and it's and it's worked out so far. So. <laughs> cool yeah i appreciate the the advice and everything um it's been, it's been good can, can i ask you two more quick questions first of yeah. all what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars 
This purchase under a hundred dollars. Um, the blah blue blue blah blue. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably uh, you know a fairly decent bottle of wine, yeah. or or a uh, fairly nice pair of panties for my wife. <laughs> Good answer. Perfectly. <laughs> um, how do you want to be remembered? Is my last question. Oh, you know what? I really don't give a shit. I really, I really have never really thought about that. Um, I don't know. I don't, that just seems weird. Um, you know, it's funny because my dad died and I'm like, uh, so I'm dealing with this kind of thing and, and, you know, and I've got kids and I'm like, you know, how's this all work? You know, but for me, I, I, I have an ego, but it doesn't go there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always been a bit trying to find out more, more about death. And it's, it's this topic where everyone comes to it and it all sort of, it, everyone, it happens to everyone, but it's a hard thing to get your head around. Should you be scared of it? Should you not be scared of it? What? Like, what? Yeah. But you know, you know what you should be afraid of? What's that? Living. Living. Yeah. Living is, living is so much harder than death. Death is easy, right? That's what they say. Death is easy. Uh, uh, concentrate on living. Concentrate on, you know, going out and, and smiling, going out and, you know, making, serving others, you know, people, you know, because I have a podcast and because I have videos out and because I've got, you know, pretty vocal about all this stuff, people write me and they say, you know, gee, I, you know, never, never, you know, I've been following you for years and I've never said anything. I just want to say thank you. And my, my somewhat stock response is, listen, I am happy to serve. Hmm. That's, that's, w that's what I live for right now. I'm happy to serve because that's the, that is the, um, the highest goal human beings can achieve is to, is to serve others. That's fucking powerful. That. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I can be of help to somebody, then, you know, then I can change the world. Nice. Uh, where can people find the book, purchase the book when it comes out? And uh, You know, uh, right now you can find it at, um, uh, there's a dedicated website where you can buy it and it's called feckperfection.com. Easy peasy. Um, the book comes out March 5th and it's in pre-orders right now. We just found out that the pre-orders are going so well that um, the, uh, the publisher has doubled the number of books they're going to publish. Amazing. That's awesome. Cool. And then it'll be then it'll be available after March fifth uh, around the world. Uh, I'm going to be speaking in Dublin in April, so it'll be there. I'm going to be speaking in Barcelona in April, and it'll be there. Um, I was going to be in London in May, but we're not sure if that's going to happen now. So I'd like to get I would like to get there, and you know, because I've got a lot of friends there to you know to help to help uh, um, um, drink beer with. So are you going to crop as well? Is that is that what? Crop in Baton Rouge, yes, I'll yeah. be there. I'm going, I'll see you there. Yeah. Groovy. Awesome. Thanks very much for the podcast. Appreciate you coming on. You bet. You bet, kiddo. You know, be strong. And uh, you know, uh, that that's 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 not easy to do. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Creative Waffle Podcast. I really appreciate it as always. Uh, it's been really cool to see the show grow and, and today's podcast was really, really special. I loved it. Uh, lots of great talks and some really cool thoughts behind one of the industry's leading creatives. 
So as I mentioned at the start, please do share this episode around. Uh, any more people listening to this really does help the show, and, and leaving a review on iTunes also really helps the show. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.